Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm James. Yes, he is. And I'm Jody. Start again. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to trying to figure out how to do something contextual. That (laughs) that was brilliant. That was brilliant. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, welcome again to a Monty Python episode. Yeah, again. (laughs) I'm promise I will try not to do. Uh, the deja vu thing every damn time we <laughs> do a python oh, no let's not do that all right i promise not oh sorry okay all right so it is what 50th anniversary of series three yeah we timed Woo-hoo. that one perfect <laughs> although i think we're not going to wait till the 50th for series four because we want to finish those up and move on to the movies yeah and I think there's a two-year gap between series three and four. So, <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you might be right. So that will come out sooner. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to ask you what beer you're drinking here in a second. But I want to repeat, like I've done so many times, that Monty Python, I did my notes. And I decided to do the Python thing and go kind of backwards. Where series one, the background was, besides series one, was what was happening at, to form. And series two, go back in time to just before they formed, like what they're doing post-university, but before they all got together. Yeah. So for series three, it's going to be their university time. All right. And then series four will be their childhood. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like Merlin. <laughs> Age, aging backwards through time or de-aging backwards through that, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> The strange case of Benjamin Python Merlin Buttons Monty. <laughs> Limited. <laughs> 20th century frog. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to split it up like usual, where give some background, talk about some episodes. Next episode, we'll talk about some background, give some episodes. Yeah. But before that, what are you drinking? I am drinking from Fairfield, California. Heretic Brewing, Shallow Grave. It's a oh. rich, smooth porter. Nice. i not sure if I've had that one. I apparently have not either because the app that shall not be named said it was my first check-in with this beer. Well, bastards. <laughs> I, I, am, I am simply having a a bass pale ale since you know we're doing the monty python thing i thought i'll do a bass oh yeah something nice and easy and then i'll start drinking harder when we game in a little bit yes (laughs) so are you ready (laughs) i i I was i've been ready (laughs) might not have been born ready but i've been ready (laughs) i was born to lick your face Uh, no (laughs) damn caddyshack references (laughs) so we got that going for us (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so got some background between series two and three but it's gonna wait we're gonna do university stuff first all right Uh, i would like to mention that they had tons of writing partners 
but I had 100 pages of notes altogether because I remember I've read all their autobiographies and biographies and all watched all the specials and yeah. That's uh, a lot yeah. of notes, dude. Yeah, well, so I pared them down to a manageable and even sometimes I think these are too long. So sometimes I'm going to stutter and be like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> all right. So with that, there's going to be a little context first and then I'll give individual pythons. Oh, context, that's a drink. It is. And here's the context for something. The Beatles hit it big during Eric Idle's first year at Cambridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. So although he made fun of glam rock, and I'm not going to exactly stress about doing all these in chronological order because they overlap quite a bit because their ages yeah. aren't too dissimilar. I know we have talked about the differences between the Cambridge group and the Oxford group. Yes. So that will be in here a little bit, but we talked about some of it. So if you want more, go back and listen to, I think series one would actually be a little more into it, but it's both of them, both series one and two. And, and all our other episodes. Yeah, everything. Just, just listen to them all. Just put them on, <laughs> not, not repeat, just shuffle and start listening. Oh, shuffle may suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chapman on Cambridge. Why the fuck didn't he build the whole town two inches to the right? <laughs> okay. Uh, again, all of their autobiographies are hilarious. Uh, Chapman's was also bizarre <laughs> but in a hilarious way nice <laughs> and idol on a university said suddenly went to this beautiful place and it was amazing you didn't have to do anything you could go and be and do whatever whoever you wanted to be so i went to lectures for half the first time and then i realized i could achieve far more by reading in an hour way more than anybody could tell me in a 10 hours of lectures <laughs> it may be true when you know you're not studying mathematics but <laughs> From my side, allow me to say <laughs> I needed the lectures. <laughs> oh, but they, they all did serious dramatic acting during university as well, which did help because they were always sometimes serious while also being funny. That's one of the things that made them hilarious. Yeah. Gilliam talks about pranks at college, such as a system where the door would pop off its hinges and slam into the window when you opened it. <laughs> and reassembling a car in somebody's room and leave it running. <laughs> Wait, that can't be good. <laughs> no, no, I hope they left the window open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cleese talked about the different colleges and said he didn't like the hell I right there. <laughs> so some of these are texts to myself and evidently I didn't fix that one. Oh, but Cleese just talked about different colleges and didn't like certain ones because they were bleak. Oh, Downing. He didn't like Downing. Okay, there we go. It's been a while. I made these notes two years ago. Yeah. The university system in England is kind of what? The American system is, you know, we, we do the same thing, but how we talk about it is very weird because so Jody and I went to Indiana State University. Yep. And at ISU, they, they had colleges, you know, colleges of arts and sciences, the college of this and the college of that. And, you yeah. know, that sort of, but in England, I think it's more pronounced because you like, we'd still hung out. We could have went pretty much anywhere, but at least here, they, they actually had sort of areas or so i don't know how it works but they had different colleges like downing he said was bleak uh, which is where he went but he hung out at pembroke which was older and cozier and full of nooks and crannies and little staircases okay so it almost sounds like once you went into a college 
part of that university, you almost were stuck there unless you just decided no. (laughs) Jones loved that there's theater at university because at a secondary school, it was akin to Satan worship. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, that tells me what kind of people were there. <laughs> Not too dissimilar from who we grew up with. Uh, yeah. One of Cleese's Footlight sketches, and, and we'll kind of talk more about Footlights when we get to specific people. Yeah. Uh, but was based from a fellow called Stanley Unwin, which it is not the same Stanley Unwin that published The Hobbit, but it is an awesome coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Gilliam built sets in high school and college which irritated one of his art instructors who thought he should be more than a cartoonist. Want to guess which one we know to this day? <laughs> yep. Uh, Palin I was, was, was going to say, just being a cartoonist seemed to work out really well for him at first, you know, and led to other things. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Palin was in a cabaret group called the CD Entertainers. I, C, is, it, is that like letter C, letter D, or CD? CD as in... A uh, little dirty, raunchy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said it was great doing characters because it's awkward being yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Which can, I'll be I can relate to that. <laughs> sure can. I, I uh, kind of do a character of myself <laughs> every day when I go to work. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, Palin did a Tide sketch using a German accent, extolling the virtues of the Tide packet, then pours it on cereal and eats it which matches with the Tide Pod challenge that was actually occurring as I made this note. <laughs> I, was, as as you, I was trying not to yawn, but as soon as you said that, I was trying to not laugh at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> yeah, almost did. <laughs> now, the custard pie sketch was written by Jones doing university, then used later in live so, shows such as the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> I had to stop and think because it wasn't it wasn't in the series. Nope. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh yeah, uh, Palin did play sports for half his freshman year, then focused on cabaret stuff, cool. and uh, performed for psychology department who thought it was great in a Freudian Freudian damn it <laughs> Freudian way. <laughs> Frodoian. Frodo Freudian. <laughs> <laughs> And Jones, who, uh, if you listen to the last thing we actually talked about with Python, were the German shows, uh, among, yeah. amongst other things. But we had mentioned him doing a strip tease with the Oompa band to piss off the Nazis. Yeah. Well, Jones did a review in his third year, taking on capital punishment. Huh. Yeah, Jones has zero issue really just going after shit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, those are just sort of basic things. That, that kind of round things out. But now for specific, you thought I was going to say now for something different, didn't you? Not really. No, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, James. I did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's getting old. <laughs> All right. So, how about idle? Can we do idle first? We won't get very far. Okay, I'll put it in drive. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what Eric Idle did when he went to Cambridge. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) And he joined Footlights, which we did discuss uh, in in the previous series, but Footlights were theater group at Cambridge. Very, very well known, and I'm pretty sure still are to this day. Yeah, probably. 
Sure. Uh, founded in 1883. Oh, well, then I would bet they were probably still around. <laughs> <laughs> he actually talks about when he was in college, he went to Germany and got to see President American President John F. Kennedy. Oh, nice. So yeah. was he was he there for the Berlin speech or no? It was during the that that visit, the Ich bin ein Berliner visit. But yeah. He didn't get to see that speech. Oh, okay. Okay. He actually mentions not getting to see it and being bummed out. That does suck. Yep. But still, I mean, if he got to but but you did say that he got to see Kennedy while he was there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, see, that's cool. Yeah. And his first TV performance was in Scotland with Humphrey Barclay, who was a member of Footlights, along with John Cleese and Graham Chapman, and who oversaw Do Not Adjust Your Set, that we definitely talked about in Series 1. Yes. Or 2. Or both. (laughs) Damn it. And during The College Smoker, which is a show they do where they get to showcase their writing and acting talents and everything. Okay. He performed a sketch written by a certain person named John Cleese called BBC BC. (laughs) Down in the South, well, Egypt has had a pretty nasty spell of it recently. 17 or 18 days ago, it was frogs, followed by lice, flies, and last Tuesday, locusts, and now moving in from the South-Southeast, boils. (laughs) Further outlook for Egypt, well, two or three days of thick darkness lying over the face of the whole land, followed by the death of all the firstborn. Sorry about that, Egypt. (laughs) <laughs> that is exactly what i imagined when you said bbc bc <laughs> i mean maybe not that specific thing but that's yeah that is the kind of that's hilarious and became president of footlights in his final year in university in 1965 he demanded that women be allowed to join footlights because it had been around since 1883 and still had not allowed women in nice so good for you, Eric. Yeah. The first woman to join in was Jermaine Greer, who got in by doing a stripping nun routine. Awesome. That's very awesome with the stripping nun. And I, I thought I'd point out something about it. it sucks that the woman had to do a strip tease. And then I realized all these guys did also strip teases. <laughs> yeah. So that's not actually too far out of the norm for her to do that. Um, uh, and also interesting because my great, grandmother or great-great-grandmother on my dad's side one of them her name was germaine oh cool yeah that's actually germaine to the episode (laughs) (laughs) nice bazinga (laughs) (laughs) during his last year idol did a sketch where he mentions upper class twits who would bray (laughs) which will come up when we get to the upper class twit of the year sketch Traveled around the UK doing comedy, including a show called Beyond the Fringe. And it was here that he decided he just wanted to write and perform comedy full time. Awesome. Ready to move on to Chapman? I'm not not ready. All right, let's move on to Chapman. (laughs) (laughs) Again, Chapman also went to Cambridge. Uh Uh-huh. And I've, I've got repeats in here. Joining the Footlights, which Cambridge University Dramatic Club founded in 1883. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. he, he got in, and this is a quote from his biography, autobiography. I impersonated a carrot and a man with iron fingertips being pulled off stage by an enormous magnet. 
In the same set of auditions, John Cleese did a routine of trampling on hamsters and can still do a good pain-ridden squeak. <laughs> we were both selected and very soon were able to wear black taffeta sashes with Ars Est Claire Artem on them as members of the committee and were able to prevent all sorts of talented people from joining the club. <laughs> Cleese on Chapman during this time said he always wore tweed and wore a tie and smoked a pipe and drank beer and played rugby and went mountaineering and was a medic. He was quite butch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we have mentioned because Chapman was gay. Yep. But he, but he was butch. That, that's really, uh, Chapman doesn't go into his university days a whole lot in his autobiography. Uh, but, hmm. but that's okay. I've, I've got, then got, that makes up for it with John Cleese, who goes into everything in minute detail. <laughs> Which yeah, that sounds about right for Cleese. <laughs> it does, and, and I'd almost do him on his own, but I think no, you know, we, we should just do Cambridge guys and do all the Cambridge. There you go. So Cleese was going to go in and do math and science, mm -hmm. but forgot so much over two years while teaching language and history because he had to wait. And I think this was mentioned, but he had to wait in between his what Americans would call high school and, and mm -hmm. university for various reasons. And, and I, I, yeah, fairly certain we went into that. So go back and listen to those <laughs> or, or I do tell lie and it could be what's going to come up in series four where I talk about their childhoods at, nope, that's where it is. That's it. Okay. But you should still go back and listen to those others. Yes. Uh, so he forgot so much over two years while teaching language and history. So he decided to go into law as there was a tradition in their family because his grandfather had been a solicitor's clerk. Snicker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cleese attended every lecture, even when they were uninspiring. And this is where I depart from being dissimilar, be similar because I skipped many useless classes. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, uh, saying that a lecture is uninspiring is uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah if you're By definition, paid, lectures are uninspiring. <laughs> classes can be good. Yeah. And lectures oh, yeah. typically, yeah, yeah, are not. Nobody almost doing, almost doing. Almost, you almost joined the view lights right away. <laughs> uh huh. He was asked if he could sing, no, or dance, no. So, so said he wanted. But to he can people, silly walk. He can silly walk, like a motherfucker. Yeah. So he said he wanted to make people laugh, and then ran away and forgot about it for a while because he was, after all, going to be a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, he did play a bit of soccer, which, or football, depending on your country. Soccer. Yeah, yeah, soccer. Social soccer. club. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I, will, I will once again point out that I don't want to hear anything from the Brits about us using the word soccer because it was the Brits who gave us the word soccer. Yeah, and you should go back and listen to that episode. Yes. Uh, odd sports one. <laughs> I will say when we get to the Holy Grail, we'll probably mention it again, but you can search for John Cleese, Holy Grail, soccer. It shows him dressed up as Sir Lancelot bouncing a soccer ball. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things, and, and this is probably because I'm getting a bit older, but actually I didn't care when I was younger, although I thumbed my nose at it, but people have forgotten the idea of being a gentleman. Although, yes, changing it to gentle person now. And that doesn't mean you always have to be hoity-toity. No. John Cleese has a good quote, and the aim in life was to become very good at whichever category of job you went for and to earn the respect of your colleagues 
and enough money to lead a very comfortable life. Yeah. It was also vital to have a few cultural interests outside your work. The aim was to be well-rounded, educated, accomplished, well-informed, and comfortably off. This doesn't necessarily mean, at least to me as a pragmatic American, a university degree, but to keep yourself informed, never stop learning, make sure your family's comfortable, and you know, that, that's being a gentleman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those hobbies can be bowling and drinking Bud Light, and, you know, as long as you're not throwing the bottles down the alley. <laughs> or trying to hit somebody with the bowling ball. Right, unless they deserve it. True. In early 1961, his friend Alan Hutchinson bumped into a Footlights member, and he convinced John to go and talk, and they were convinced both to give a performance at a smoking concert. And that's, I mentioned that with Idol, uh, it's a smoker is a type of review. Yeah. And these sound really neat because it was a friendly event, and even audience members were expected to do something at some point to keep everyone's interest, to keep the atmosphere jolly and encouraging. Cool. So sounds kind of neat. And between yeah. the two of them, they did a newscast satire, which would have been more original back then. Yeah. To, to send up stuffy news programs. They did a detective show where instead of the detective giving all the information, just speaking at the end, where he fights off the villain, and even the villain jumps in with information as they battle. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they also did work up a bit based on Stanley and one that he used later. Uh, he was offered an invitation to audition for the 1961 review and was excited until he realized every member gets to audition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's asked to sing Mama's Little Baby Love Shortening Bread and Dance the Cha-Cha-Cha. Cleese? Yep. Okay. I, I would, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with him. He's, he's not the best singer. I mean, he can carry a tune, but he's got a really limited range. But I bet he could have made that really funny. Could have. Although it's not, these aren't always comedy. Like they actually would do dances and, and sing yeah. and comedy and routine. So it was whatever. I, they actually wanted him to do it real you know not like make a comedy oh, but the actually they want, they want him to do it straight yeah yeah um yeah, so probably not the best person for that <laughs> no in fact he said the best aspect of that was that it was over in a few seconds <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> however as he left the stage there was a chap waiting in the queue a he chap? thought he's gonna a chap a chap man a chap yep yeah man <laughs> <laughs> a, a grand chap man <laughs> With a yellow beard? <laughs> For, uh, fortunately, nobody died on the set. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So anyway, there's, he, he, was, he thought he was going to get a little, uh, somebody make fun of him, but instead there were some words of consolation. And in a few minutes, they were having coffee together. And this is how he started to hang out with Graham Chapman. <laughs> Ice. <laughs> Oh, yes. His first impression of Chapman was of physical strength. Yeah. Graham, was, Graham was slightly shorter, but much tougher in the lean way of a sportsman. And it was not a surprise to find out he was a medical student who climbed mountains and played rugby. Yeah. And he mentions that Graham light, uh, lighting a pipe the very first time they met. And he seemed dead butch, which would go a bit in the way of explaining why John was a little shocked when Graham came out later. Because at, at the time most people consider gays to be poofdas. Yeah. And they had some laughs, but he did not feel as though they connected and he kind of dusted it off. Like he, eh, okay. 
not not a really a big deal. Right. And John, of course, did not make the Footlights Review, but the sketch he helped write about newscasting was used by David Frost for this review, who I say we will learn about more later because I made these notes chronological order, but we've recorded them backwards, so you have already learned this information. Yeah, because we talked about the Frost Report and all that. Yeah. Did a little bit on the Cornish mining disaster, which was particularly went well over. Hmm. With the important bit being that you read it as real and not comedy, knowing it's comedy. Yeah. At the beginning of a second year, he was made an officer in the footlights because all the senior people had graduated. Among them were Humphrey Barclay, the only first year to be in the review the previous year, and Graham Chapman, who he'd forgotten he disliked and started to work with a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they, They were in a different college, Pembroke, within the Cambridge University system, and spent a lot of time there where he also met Eric Idle a couple years as junior uh, because Cleese was in Downing College, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And as they started to work more together with Graham, they did discover a similar sense of humor and appreciated the immediate feedback you got with a partner. And the other bonding bit was that Cleese said Graham also had a poor relationship with his mother, just as Cleese did, that we'll get to with their childhoods in Series 4. Yeah. (laughs) And... At this early stage, we didn't produce anything very good, except perhaps one parody of a sermon. Graham, like me, carried a grudge against the nonsense we'd been fed at school in the name of religion, and we had huge enjoyment writing a ponderous homily in which the vicar, who begins by reading out the text about Lot's life wife being turned into a pillar of salt, suddenly realizes what an extraordinary thing this was to happen, and then speculates about God's choice of condiment. <laughs> when when Graham performed it, it worked well, especially the punchline, delivered after very long and puzzled pause, him 42, mentioning that Graham later worked with the author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Douglas Adams, saying, did our sermon inspire him when he pondered the answer to life, the universe, and everything? <laughs> uh, I, was, I, was, I was actually, yeah, as soon as you said him 42, that's exactly what I thought of. And Clee said one of the funniest things he'd ever seen that influenced him was the Beyond the Fringe with Peter Cook, Jonathan Miller, Dudley Moore, and Alan Bennett. Mentioned Beyond the Fringe with Idol, who did it later. Yes. And he said he was in the 1962 Footlight Review, but did not find his own parts that great and enjoyed the 1963 much more. And they performed at the Edinburgh Festival in August, the Footlights. Yep. Uh, he and Graham never performed together, but did write pieces two pieces together uh, along with tim brooke taylor who will work with them again in the at last the 1948 show that you have heard about <laughs> yeah even everyone thought they were a team back then this was graham's last year as he'd be heading to saint bartholomew hospital to become a doctor mm-hmm. which we found out what happened to that back in yes. a previous episode yeah the first cabaret performance was for a couple who were pushed into the front row the girl started to cry while her boyfriend tried to comfort her, but he also laughed trying to comfort the performers. <laughs> they finished what? early and the girl went out with her boyfriend because she was crying, but then he also looked back and clapped for the group. <laughs> they, they cut their show down to 60 minutes because an average show gets better if you dump half of it. And there's a rule in comedy that the shorter is the better and the funnier, which goes in yeah. with Jody's mention in the Hitchhiker's Guide movie episode saying that comedy movies should be about 90 minutes because a two-hour comedy movie sucks. Yeah. All right. But that is what I had on Cleese. Cool. 
Um, honestly, the other three I don't have much on, but I think it'll still be better to wait. Okay. Want to do a few episodes? Of of season three, yeah. Series three, yeah. Series, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Um, how many you want to do? Uh, let's do at least two, maybe three. Okay. We'll okay. see how much we gamble on. Alrighty. I honestly, I, I know previous times I've gone into way too much, so this time I'm trying to just give my my favorite things in little. Yeah, goodness. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that too. Um, Even if everybody's laughing because we know that's bullshit. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i so before we get into it i want to um i, I want to I, I was originally in my notes i said that i didn't like this series as much but i just re-watched it because I, I took the notes the previous time i watched it and i rewatched it just the last few days to refresh my memory on it and i i appreciated it more than the the other times that i had watched it so i it it series three kind of grew on me a little bit yeah it's, it's a nice i still think series two is the best but this has some brilliant brilliant pieces that are some this, of my favorite sketches this has this has one of my favorite episodes but i also the sketches in it were so good it's one of my favorite episodes they ever did but there are things that they did in the episode that really i really wish they had not done <laughs> but I'll, I'll talk about that when we get to the episode all right then cool um I, and they, they changed the opening animation on this. Yep. And they, uh, instead of John Cleese's Monty Python, it's uh, like a Gumby voice now, right? Yes. Yeah, that's that was my note. It sounded like a Gumby. And I think it's Palin. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it could be Cleese. It could be any of them because the Gumbies almost sound identical. Yeah, that's why I, I, I would say you're right. But yeah. yeah but it, it sounded a little bit more like Palin to me, but I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I tried to find it too. Yeah. And they uh, they introduced the new... No, they, they'd already introduced the nude organist in series two, right? Yeah, yeah. They use him as part of the opening sequence before they go into the opening animation. Well, yeah, yeah. They just added something each time. So series one was just the It's Man. Yeah. Series two was Cleese going, and now for something completely different, or at least, mm -hmm. and now something. And with Palin doing it's and now yeah they have the nude organist Boing. and now it's adding something each time yep brilliant yes bastards <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you ready for episode one then specifically yes yes wicker's world which aired i'm not going to give all the airing dates but it's the first one so uh october 19th 1972 yep it's, it's also known as and <laughs> I'm going to pronounce it as they pronounced it in the episode. It's, <laughs> it's also known as in Jarl's saga. <laughs> Instead of Neural. Instead of Neural's saga. Yes. <laughs> I love that intro. It's another fake out where they make it seem like they're doing some grand thing. And then didn't they have the nude organist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's hard for me to mispronounce it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to still say Neural's saga. And you see little hints of Holy Grail coming up. Yeah. Actually, I think, isn't the music they use in the background from Holy Grail? Didn't it wind up? In, it met, I think it did. It, it sounds amazingly similar if it's not yeah. the same. But I know when we get to the Holy Grail, there were some music things where they were trying to do certain musical things and then realized it wasn't keeping it as funny. So they changed things. So, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to remember that. Yep. 
do want to say it, it, one of the, and I will, I will, I will mispronounce it intentionally. One of the Injoral's saga things that they kept doing was they couldn't get it started because they they were trying to recite his genealogy, <laughs> and they just kept going on and on and on. And every time, and he he was played by Jones, and every time Jones went to get on the horse to ride off, he'd stop halfway. You know, he'd like put, try to put his foot in a stirrup and he couldn't because they kept talking about his genealogy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can see the look of frustration on his face because he's ready to <laughs> yeah. go. Oh, my next thing has to do with, uh, well, I mean, first I love come North Molden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the North Molden stuff's great. Uh, but the uh, stock market piece yeah. is yeah. very similar to Idol's fairy tale children's stories from the first series where. <laughs> Rumple teaser sells contraceptives. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I'm afraid to jump too far. Do you want me to just give mine and then you can jump in and give yours or um well no, I mean that was um really the next one I had would would have been what I think is one of your fi- favorite all-time skits. <laughs> because sometimes when we get on here before we start recording, um, what? <laughs> or when I answer the you know, James calls me up on the phone and I, I answer it. Hello, <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Primus. <laughs> Mrs. Conclusion. Yes, it's Mrs. Primus and Mrs. Conclusion at the Laundrette. <laughs> Writ- written by Cleason Chapman. It's, it took me four hours to bury the cat. It wouldn't hold still. <laughs> Hello, you know, Mrs. Cutout. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. I was going to say, Mrs. Cutout. That was hilarious because the the animation right before that led into that skit. And, and then, it was just a giant blow up of, of Gilliam's cut out of this woman. It <laughs> kind of trund- trundles by. <laughs> trundles by. Hello, Mrs. Cutout. <laughs> and somewhere in there, they mis- mentioned Mrs. Essence, too. They talk about things, but then they start going on about Jean Parsotra. Yes. <laughs> who, who had just passed away in 1980. So he was still alive when they put this out. Oh, that's funny. Just It's, it's kind of odd because, you know, us being born just before you know like we don't know who john john paul satra is and when we're eight years old <laughs> no yeah the hell i still don't know exactly i know he's big on existentialism yeah yeah he was a philosopher and that's mostly what i know well they mentioned him in bruce's philosopher song yeah yeah because they mentioned all the big philosophers <laughs> but listening to these two old women go on about all the philosophy no no that's not what he meant what he's yeah. going on about is <laughs> yeah so they, the so they go to paris <laughs> yeah. and mrs satra is jean paul in <laughs> jean paul <laughs> this is conclu- this is mrs Con- mrs premise and mrs conclusion are here and the and the goat there was a goat when they get to the yeah. apartment french was a goat it was in the apartment it was eating the papers yeah. <laughs> oh i i did like how they ended the episode with wicker's world though which is the title one of the titles of the episode yeah yeah, yeah it's good so wicker's world on the monty python website is the title given but you're right yeah uh, on wikipedia and like a half a dozen other places they give two different and i I wonder if they titled it something different for uh, the American audiences. That could be. Could and, be. you know, the, the well, Wicker's World was their British. And then... Yeah. Well, the, the, the in Joral's saga, it takes up a good bit of the episode because they keep coming back to it. 
Yeah. So th- it does make sense that that could be an alternate title for it. But the Wicker's World thing at the end was so funny. So I'm going to jump back <laughs> yeah. real quick. Because one of the things they go back to is the Viking court scene. Yes. Uh, it's all good. But there's a crash in the background. And you can see some of the cast, like Palin, like they're stifling laughter. They're breaking character. Yeah. But I looked, I spent about 10 minutes, which was enough time. Could not find why. I don't know what happened, but it's hilarious because I'm watching this and you hear this crash. They don't show what happens, but you see everybody trying not to bust out. (laughs) And that's on top of a hilarious scene to begin with. Yeah. Oh, and they repeat the genealogy gag there too. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's what I have on. Yeah. Well, okay. So for those like for those of us like us. Or for the, for the listeners like us who don't know what Wicker's, Wicker's World was, it was a documentary series of the same name, and it was hosted by a guy named Alan Wicker. And uh, so that's, yeah, that's, they, they just, they did a parody of it. it. As the credits roll, Wicker is added to everybody's name. <laughs> Everybody's name. <laughs> not just the cast members, all the crew. <laughs> director See, producers <laughs> well, where's where python's python is awesome they make sure people are included yes yes <laughs> i'm gonna move on if you are but yeah, if you yeah. More, i'm cool i i am yeah cool yep. episode two according to money python website no official title but does go by the usual given title many times mr and mrs brian norris's ford popular yep Wrong way, Norris had it backwards again. (laughs) (laughs) Immigration from Surbiton to Hounslow. (laughs) Okay, so again, for people who don't live in London (laughs) and don't know anything about this, Surbiton is in southwest London. Hounslow is west London. It's it's in West London. So, I mean, that, that was the joke. I mean, <laughs> immigrating from one part of London to the other. <laughs> You're trying, trying to found, find out where their ancestors went to. Yeah. <laughs> How were they going to get across the A25? Fortunately, they were able to find a train. <laughs> <laughs> their biggest obstacle, the Thames. <laughs> how, to, how to get past that. <laughs> yeah i mean they're standing on the bank of the river and there's a bridge i mean just you know a few dozen yards in the background (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a good five minute episode or skit yeah that was that was pretty good the the how to do it skit is really short i always like that one i i almost started the episode with a take on that How to do a podcast. Well, first, you find a partner, and then you write down some notes. Then you record the notes, and you put it online. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> how to cure all the world's diseases. Well, first, become a doctor, and then figure out how to cure diseases, and then give it to everybody. <laughs> and I know it's a parody of Blue Peter, uh, something I've not yeah. watched. but Yeah, I, I did. I looked up a little bit on this. Blue Peter, uh, it's, so the, on Wikipedia, the note is, uh, it's a parody of Blue Peter which was about to celebrate its 14th anniversary at the time of this episode was transmitted. Um, Blue Peter was a children's show, which features a segment like the one they parodied. All right. Well, I'm going to definitely pass the next sketch. Good thing too. <laughs> yeah. And good riddance. In fact, I, I've got nothing else by the way, until 
my favorite. I I don't either. And I, I actually did not have a note on that one because I knew it was your absolute favorite. <laughs> the fish slapping dance. Yep. <laughs> I always forget that that was so late in the show. Because I, I always think I, I always think of it as like series one or two. And it's not until series three. It's early series three. It's only the second episode. But yeah, that's... I, <laughs> Uh, it was one of the first episodes I saw, so that's why in my mind it also comes earlier. Yeah, but yeah, the fish slapping. And I've talked about this so much, but a couple notes: fish slapping dance was done in one take. <laughs> it's originally recorded for a European May Day special in 1971 that I actually mentioned in the German, and now for something completely different show, the episode that we did. Yeah, but I do want to say that Danny Harrison. George Harrison's son said that the fish slapping dance was one of his father's favorite Monty Python sketches. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it, it is yeah, it, it is one of the best ones they did. Now that that though for me for this particular episode is it except for the very end. Um, I I had a note on the Titanic sinking sketch, just about the the the, the captain, you know, calling us as the Titanic sinking and the captain saying women and children first to the lifeboats and 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 the captain and the crew are all trying to dress up as women and children <laughs> while he's making this announcement and then all of a sudden it's like it's like wait why are you dressed up like a red indian what was the only costume they had right. why are you dressed up like a spaceman <laughs> all right women and children and red indians and spacemen first <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but that's all i had on that <laughs> uh, but yeah that until the end and that's mm -hmm. even after the edits were Lulu and Ringo Starr have a non-speaking scene with the It's Man. Yes, it's It's Man show. The It's Man actually gets to talk a little bit. Yeah. But I do want to mention that Lulu's debut album, Something to Shout About, 1965, includes work by Jimmy Page. Yep. But that, that's all I have on episode two. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's all I had. Cool. So episode three, also nominally... No official title, but this one, according to Wikipedia, is titled The Money Program. I mean, MoneyPython.com says no official title, but does sometimes go by the name The Money Program. Yes. And this is, and, and this, this actually surprised me because in the episode on the German episodes and, um, and now for something completely different, the movie, we talked a little bit about their albums. And I know we, we mentioned several times the compilation album, Monty Python Sings. And I was surprised when I actually sat down and watched the series, how little music was actually in the series as far as the songs that I was familiar with. Yeah. The Money Song is like the only song from the series that's on that. And it's, it's practically the only song that... I mean, there, there's a few bits and pieces throughout the series, you know, or, or you'll have, um, what's that choral group? Fred Tomlinson Singers? Yeah. You know, they, they'd show up and do something. But I, th this was the only song that I was familiar with from Monty Python Sings that was actually in the series. Uh, Lumberjack song, right? Oh, Lumberjack song. No, yeah, you're right. So there's two. Yeah. And is it Spam? And Spam. Okay, so there's three. So three, three, <laughs> three. <laughs> three songs. 
songs. But but I mean, but that but you see my point though. I mean, is how little because that album's got probably twenty songs on it. But the money song, which Eric Idle breaks into at the end of the sketch, <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite songs by them. I, yeah, I love it. And and to actually see him perform it in the series was just absolutely because he jumps up on the desk and starts doing a little shuffle and. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I, th- I think the version that's on monty python sings is from one of the albums because it's it's uh, uh the arrangement was slightly different uh, that could be i've got ninety thousand pounds in my pajamas i've got yeah. forty thousand french francs in my fridge got lots of <laughs> lovely lira and the deutsche marks getting dear and my dollar bills could buy the bridge brooklyn bridge oh <laughs> quite as wonderful as money 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 <laughs> that's the Fred Tomlinson singers come out and start. <laughs> they, they wheel somebody out with a full harp. Yeah. It, you, you don't even see much of it at first until they then push her on by. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I love how he sings and dance. That's, I have three notes and one of them is that's such a great song. <laughs> it is. It's okay. So this, this episode, this is the one I was talking about. This is probably one of my favorite all time episodes by them because of the money program and the money song um, and some of the, some of the other skits that, that we'll get to, but this is also an episode that I have some problems with. I've got some problems with you people. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'll give you my quick notes. Okay. There's a gardening club sketch. Won't go much into it, but it's great that there's a Gumby in it. Yeah. Mostly because of what happens in the gardening club sketch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you may have more uh, but otherwise well i guess i got two more notes there's a uh, what's it called the uh the, the um jungle restaurant yeah where they, they start giving yeah um, it, it, it is funny but that is one of the sketches i actually have a problem with and i'll let you talk about that but i love when they're giving each other's names and there's betty and there's brian john cleese is betty and carol yeah. cleveland is brian <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I've just got one more note about a, a really awesome sketch. So uh-huh. if you would like to go into your issues or just mention that this is a problematic sketch. <laughs> it's yeah. So, so several of the sketches in this episode have this problem. The jungle restaurant sketch is one of them. There's a related sketch, uh, jungle restaurant and the lost world of Royer Rama. And there's a, I think another one, it's inspector flying fox of the yard um those are all kind of parodies of adventure stories from uh turn of the 20th century kind of stuff like uh, the the civilized british explorers club goes off in search of places in deepest darkest africa with all the savages right yeah and so in in these sketches at least in these first two sketches jungle restaurant and the lost world one um you've got some of the guys from python in blackface I, you know, again, I mean, because we've talked about this and, and I get it. It was the seventies. It was early seventies. You didn't have a lot of black actors on TV, you know, so what what are you going to do? But one of the earlier sketches we didn't mention was the Elizabeth sketch, which has uh, Jones in yellow face, but funny sketch because you see Palin show up. I mean, they're all in, you know, Elizabethan garb. And Palin shows up on a motor scooter. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, again, back in the 70s, you could get away with this a little bit more. And now 
not so much. Well, even Pythons know not to do it now. Like they yeah. understand they've changed so much when they did that last show. Oh yeah. A few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got, uh, I've, I've only got really one more note. Cool. And it's probably on the same one. Could be. Because it's another reason why this is my, one of my favorite, if not my favorite episode by them. Going to guess it's after they say, and now after the end credits, six more minutes of Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yep. It's the very next thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for an argument. No, you're not. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) No. no. (laughs) What do you want, you putrid (laughs) festering? Oh, this this is abuse. You want down the hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the hitting on the head lessons. <laughs> <laughs> One more minute of flying. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, but that that's that's really yeah. It's a good episode. I, yeah, I love the argument clinic sketch, but it's yeah. One of their most popular. Yes. So if, if you've seen a half a dozen sketches that are just kind of higgledy piggledy shown, fish slapping argument clinic, those are probably two of them. Oh yeah. But that's what I have on episode three. Yeah, that's that's all I got too. Well, I say we end it here because it's been about an hour. Yes, um, because the next episode I have a lot more notes on. <laughs> well, that'll match because when I talk about the other three's university times, I don't have as much. So <laughs> that'll work. Okay. I'll leave it or out. Yeah. And I don't have much on episode four, but I have a little bit on episode five. I've got a decent amount on episode five. I got a lot of notes on episode four. Now you must all wait. <laughs> yeah what james said i'm good if you're good i'm good cool we're all gonna go do something else some of our hobbies which includes strangling animals golf and masturbating (laughs) no i'm sorry that's coming up yeah all right so share us rate us review us all that stuff yeah and then come back next time where ringo star and lulu will still not have a speaking occurrence but they still might be chasing (laughs) us down so until next time, it's no, sorry. <laughs> if I wasn't laughing, I actually was going to give the name of the podcast. <laughs> it's <laughs> the Twin Tears Macabre Manor Mead Middle of Mayhem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. I'm James. <laughs> I'm Jody. <laughs> and we'll talk to you all later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. There was somebody there. Nope, I read that wrong. Holy crap, what the? (laughs) Remember, it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. (laughs) Then it's hilarious. Then it's just fun. (laughs) Actual mackerel. That's the name of my band. Actual mackerel. (laughs) 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 Nice.